From the bayous in Louisiana to the Camber country up north, you'll find them out on the trap line chasing furs to put up on the border. Mixing up another batch of that magical stuff, chilling around the fire after the show. Hey, it's Sarah and Jeff, and maybe a guest on the trapping radio. Welcome to Trapping Radio. It's been a, just a hot minute since we've put a show up and uh, we are here in New York and we just got done with the Elite Trapping Seminar and uh, we're out here fishing with Chris uh, and we're, we're, we've been chasing walleye and, and lakers and, and all kinds of stuff. So we're still out here on the boat and we have a couple rods out and so if you hear a background noise it is the, what's that, that's running the trolley motor or something? Yep. And so that's just a little bit of background noise, but it's beautiful out here and we thought we'd just hop on and uh, just have a little chat. Chris has been in the trapping business for a long time and he's a great trapper and he's got lots of stories and we've been we've been sharing stories uh, the past couple days and thought, well, let's just uh, do a trapping radio show. So welcome. Thank welcome you. to the show. Um, Guess we'll thank our sponsors real quick. We have F&T for Harvesters, everything you need for trapping, hunting with hounds, and predator calling. And they just had their open house a couple weeks ago, and it was pretty awesome. And they had, you know, a lot of people there and a lot of demos, and it was really fun. And um, congratulations to them on a beautiful facility and and the great service that they provide to their customers. And then we have uh, Funky Trap Tags with Alan. And um, he's in Iowa, and you know Alan, Chris, right? I do. Yep, great guy. He takes good care of you, doesn't he? Perfect. Yep. He's been out fishing, too. Yeah, he was here last August. Last August, yep. So, all right, well, what are we going to talk about, Jeff? Jeff's here with us, too. So. Just cool being floating around out here in the middle of uh, Lake Erie. Yep. Limit of walleye in the cooler. Limit of uh, almost a limit of uh, lake trout. Yeah, what are we waiting on? One trout. And we got steelhead in there. Steelhead, steelhead and nice brown trout. Yeah. Yeah. So you've been fishing this summer, huh? Yeah, that's been keeping me pretty busy. Yep. Fish, fish, fish. Fishing. Yep. We got a nice setup here to to go out. And and fish so yeah we were just talking about the the seasonality of uh oh, yeah. of, of things now which is nice uh, just about the time you get tired to do something you look forward to switching gears and, and doing something else so, pretty uh pretty neat yeah so you've been catching walleye and trout and then what are you going to switch to you were talking about next week yeah, the next week we'll switch over to perch and uh, and fish them probably through the end of October, and then it gets to be trapping time. 
really like the question you asked him earlier about trapping versus fishing. question I asked him was, I, and he can, he can re-answer it, um, is that, you know, it's like with trapping, you never ever know it all, uh, you never are one, you know, that, really that accomplished at it, you know, I mean, you think you're doing really good, and then you're not, and, uh, you know, and then, so the question was, uh, do you, being out here catching so many fish, do you ever get to the point of where, you know, there's just really, you know, there's always something to learn, but not really that much. I'm, I'm about as good as I'm going to get. I go out and limit out every, almost every time, you know, I mean, uh, you know, what's your thoughts on that? I, <clears throat> yes and no. With uh, trapping's a lot more involved. There's just so much more to it than there is to, uh, to fishing. But, um, you know, there's, uh, there's always plenty more to learn. Um, you know, we, catch a lot of fish but uh, can always be a little better at it and I'm always trying to improve my technique from the beginning just from this season from the beginning of the season to now I've, I've, I've changed a few things over and try to get faster and more efficient um, I mentioned to Sarah yesterday that sometimes when the fishing's really good the, the, the hardest part is getting your gear back in the water so you can catch more so it's 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 gear management, time management, but um, yeah. As soon as I do think I know uh, know it all about fishing, I'll come out here and get skunked. So I'm all, I'm I'm willing to learn. <laughs> when I first got back here on the lake, I I'd been in a in a different business most of for my entire adult life, and then I switched gears about four or five years ago, and I got back out here, and this lake is so big there's so much water it's it can be pretty intimidating but every year it seems to be getting uh, a little bit smaller you get to know the know the country a little better it's the same as, as hunting or trapping a, a piece of ground you really get to know it intimately like on uh, over here on the new york side like in in ohio i know they have some marshes up there that i think if, i think it's the feds um well leases where you bid on them i think Anyways, there's marshes over there for muskrat trapping. Um, do you guys have that same thing over here in New York? No, on Lake Erie, we don't have any of that in this country. It's the majority of our shoreline is uh, is, is cliffs. And uh, so cat trapping. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely for, for trapping. It's definitely a, definitely a barrier. No. You know, a pretty good corridor along the along the lake shore. I don't, I don't trap over over this way in this county, but uh, I know some guys that do, and they, they do pretty well. well I think if, if you went uh, downtown here and had the right bait, you'd probably catch something bad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, Chris, he goes uh, out of state, um, you know, like you go out to North Dakota trapping, coyotes, and uh, muskrats, Muskrat, yeah. and, which caught my ear. And then, uh, you know, you go to Mississippi, you know, was it, what other what other places have you trapped? Um, besides my home ground here, I've been in Mississippi, North Dakota, and Texas. In te- Texas. They, uh, I, I, I've trapped all, you know, I haven't trapped New York, but uh, I got to say that uh, if you said, told, you, all you had to do was say muskrats, and I'm like, yeah, you got me. I wouldn't care. I didn't, you know, there aren't any in Texas, as far as I know. But if they, 
You just said Texas. I wouldn't have cared. I don't want Texas. So I guess North Dakota is it. Yeah, that spring rad trip is uh, is fun. I, I didn't go this past year. Um, the water was low, and they had a real rough winter. And uh, so I'm looking forward to this spring. They, they got plenty of water, and the, the rat population should be high. And it's it's a grind, you know, catching a couple of hundred anything mm -hmm. in a day is, is a lot of work, but it's um, it's it's a lot of fun. And I said earlier, you get to watch spring happen up there. Yeah. You know, all the ducks and geese are are, are heading back north. They're just millions and millions of birds. And, uh, you know, there's always something to see. How many years have you been going up there? Four, about four. Four years. How did you decide to go up there? I had heard, uh, you know, I had heard about that spring rat trap, and I saw uh, Rich Casper's and Ron Hauser's videos of the South Dakota trapping, yeah. and um, I learned quite a bit from both of them. Those are two pretty good videos to watch, and. South Dakota kicked out the non-resident trappers for for the spring season a few years ago. Um, so I figured North Dakota was the next best thing. And I talked to a bunch of fellows and did a little research and started making phone calls and found a place to stay and packed my shit and away I went. Yeah, it's always weird, like you, you, like you said, what they kicking out, you know, basically kicking us non-residents out for the spring season. It's always weird to me that they don't do that with the fishing. You know, I mean, why don't they just get rid of all the non-residents with the fishing? And that, you know, that's too bad because it just uh, one more thing to divide trappers with. You know. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you know, you know, I mean, what are what are rats running? A couple bucks a piece. I mean. You know, nobody's going out there, you know, for a living, trying to make a living, non-resident traffic in South Dakota rats right right now. You know, 2012, 13, you know, I think that's what put the kilt on it. When, you know, you start getting $16 rats and, you know, probably almost gunfights are happening out there. Yeah, when there was a $10 average, everybody was out there and, um, and apparently the, a lot of the non-resident guys weren't too crazy about it. And now... Now they can't get anybody out there, and all the roads are caving in. Now they gotta pay. Mm-hmm. Well, they're gonna pay somebody to catch them, or pay to fix their roads. Or both. Or both. But um, and you're good friends with Clint. We always called you uh, Clint's uh, personal chef. <laughs> so, like, like Sarah asked you, how, I don't, I, 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 I know how you got the name. Uh, how do you think you got the name? Just I know. I said, is that even a true story? How, how did this come about? Oh, it's a true story. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'd seen Planet shows, and uh, I had been in the uh, in, in the restaurant business before, so uh, I'd always come armed with a with some equipment and a bunch of food. And Clint never Clint never threw me out of his camp. No. no. So you cooked for him at the shows? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Right, and, and like at Herkimer, uh, we look. I look over there, and there's Quinn. He had just bought that big RV. Oh, it's been his RV days. Yeah. Okay. Well, that, it's well, way, it won't be up before that, but that's one time. And okay. You look over there, and there's Clint with his big RV, kicked out in his fancy lawn chair, and they've got his personal chef over there. <laughs> him and Cindy are drinking margaritas. You know. 
Uh, you were stuck in the van interviewing Russ Carmen. Yeah, yeah. That's right. Yeah, I was going to come over there and eat, and then I was interviewing Russ. Oh, that's not a bad place to be no, either. No, I'd sit in a, no. I'd sit in the van with him all day. No, we sat there talking for about two hours before we turned it on, and I was like, we better turn this on before Russ gets tired, you know. I won't get tired. I'd just sit there and listen to him all day. But, uh, yeah, that's one reason I was looking forward to going to the Oktoberfest see see Russ, you know, in case Russ happened to show up, and I haven't seen him in here. I want Sarah to meet him. He, uh, you know, probably one of the nicest guys I ever met in, in, in the whole trapping. I, I didn't see him at the New York show. Was he there this year? If he was, I didn't see him. So, humble, humble guy. He can't, he can't be. It's hard to beat Russ Carmel. Like when you're going to these different states and stuff, uh, like are you doing like say you go to Texas? Is are you going there just uh, you know go down there for for because like if I went down there, I'm just going down there trapping because that's what I want to do. Is that what you're doing, or are you doing like predator control? Yeah, predator control. I uh, I try to fool myself into thinking I'm gonna it's a real job. Mm -hmm. um, but I was down there this spring of. Um, a friend of a friend owns a, uh, a high-end whitetail outfit down there, and he wanted somebody to hit the predators hard before the uh, before all the fawns dropped. They've mm -hmm. got whitetails, and then they've got an area, a high fence area, with a bunch of exotics. So, mm -hmm. uh, but we worked out a little deal, and um, and went down there and and uh, took care of business for them. How many how many acres is that? Yes, that was a smaller smaller piece that was a 5,000 acre piece um, which sounds like a lot of ground but it's a that's a postage stamp in in, in Texas yeah. uh, so I worked the perimeter I worked the perimeter real hard the fence and then um, set the interior up on mm -hmm. you know on that small of a piece of property you know if you're a fur trap and you want to go in and just carpet bomb a, a, a property like that no. um, you'd want to catch what you can and move down the road but uh, I was there to, to catch everything, so I did my best to do that. No, that's when we went down there. That's why I had trouble. Is uh, they had 41 miles of roads on 10,000 acres, you know, and it's like every you can, I could see the next intersection, and it looked just like the one I was standing at. And there's coyote, piles of coyote shit all over, and then you get to the next one, and it looks just the same. And uh, I had told Norm, I said. What do you do? Set every spot. Yep, just set every spot. Yeah, you, you end up trapping. Is it is it this fun? <laughs> <laughs> just set this spot, moved up to the next one, set the next one. So it was fun. Like if you found a crawl under, cause they had predator wire down. Um, and so yeah, they they had started digging underneath the predator wire, but um, you know it was fun to find something like that that was kind of a change up or put in some cat sets. Pretty soon, I was I was I was like skipping over roads. I'm like, once I got out of sight, you know, then I was doing what was fun, not <laughs> not, the, not the production thing. Yeah, you're trapping against yourself when you're yeah. when you're really yeah. loading up. Uh, yeah. But if that's what you're there to do, that's what you yeah. have to do. But um, yeah, that's what we trapped. It was eleven. It was eleven thousand acres. I had five thousand. Norm had five thousand. There was a big gate right down through the middle, and. Um, there was parts of that 5,000 that I was still 
not seeing new stuff on it, you know, even the last week we were there. Yeah, I think the day I left was the day I started getting the place figured out pretty good. That's about how it was. I was starting to see where I might be able to blind set some coyotes and stuff. Because, uh, yeah, as soon as we started catching them, the, seeing the shit at the crossroads was all done. They were cutting through the middle of the sections instead of going, you know, running down the roads. Yeah, they, you know, when you're on a little piece of ground like that, you know, I mean, it, 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 the initial shock sets in and then, you know, everything changes. I think that's a, a, a lot of places. You, I, I, I try to set a lot of traps um, wherever I am. So you go in and uh, you know set the heck out of it. And you know some areas you'll you'll keep a, a consistent catch going, but for the majority of places, those first you know couple of two, three, four checks are where it's at. Mm -hmm. The, uh, I mean, you're in there, you're in their bedroom, so they get you figured out a little bit. Probably, you know, once you get down there, you know, you're on there, that guy's ranch, you'll probably, you know, start picking up other jobs if you wanted them and stuff. We, uh, I never wanted to do that. We were down there trapping the guys that owned uh, that Bucky's gas stations. That's whose ranch we were paying. Mm -hmm. They paid big money to, you know, have us down there. Um, you know, there was other ones talking to us, but I'm like, you know, it wasn't my thing. I. After I seen that big ass rattlesnake, I'm like, yeah, this isn't really my thing. And then Clint starts talking about these rattlesnakes where he was at this other ranch are all over. Then you start talking about these uh, tarantulas running down the road. And I'm like, Man, I don't want to make that call to Elbert. But you did. <laughs> but I did. So we might be going to South Texas. But I'll tell you what, I swear to God, I'm going to take like a whole half a truckload of uh, bullets. I ain't a real good shot, and I'm just going to be shooting the shit out of tarantulas, scorpions. I shoot everything. I'll take a hundred rattlesnakes over one of those cottonmouths in, in yeah, Mississippi. I don't like them either. I stayed down there a little later than I normally do this year in the March, and it was uh, the last couple of weeks. It was in the 90s, and it got pretty snaky. It was buckets full of them. Mm -hmm. yeah. An old fella down there I was talking to. <coughs> He had been bit when he was younger, and we were talking about snakes, and he, he says, you won't die, you just wish you would. <laughs> I guess it doesn't feel too good, but. No, I, I bet not. I saw you, uh, you showed us a picture of you eating good down in Mississippi. Saw that big uh, crawfish. Oh yeah, me head. and my buddy Cedric. Uh, for the most part, I do, uh, I, you know, take care of my, all my own meals, you know, your trick. Trapping dark to dark, you bring a little something for lunch and come back, have a quick bite to eat, and then start skinning. But every once in a while, we'd run down to Vicksburg. And uh, the one fellow who uh, owns a duck club that I trapped has a, a nice little restaurant down there in Vicksburg. And we go down there and put a herding on a mountain of crawfish and shrimp. Yeah, we were talking earlier, you said, and I think it's, you know, a lot of people don't realize. It, the scale, when you, when, like you said, when you are trapping from dark to dark, the amount of fur that you catch, and then the carcasses, and utilizing all that, and skinning all that, it just adds up quick. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, I, I, tr I try not to waste any time. You know, every uh, every minute you can save is another minute of sleep, and that that's the same policy I have, but difference. I don't never do that. <laughs> I, I waste so much time. <laughs> 
<coughs> Sarah might even call it lollygagging. <laughs> yeah, I'm guilty of that too at times. But every once in a while, I'll make myself slow down and take a look around, go see something that I hadn't seen, and we're like you know, polar opposites. Appreciate what I'm doing. I want to make me make myself speed up a little. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> How do you you manage all that stuff? What have you learned? Or if somebody is going on an out-of-state trip, you know, what are what are the things that you've learned that how to deal with all this? You know, the first time you go somewhere, you know, you're you're gonna you're gonna catch some stuff, but don't don't have these dreams of hundreds or thousands or thousands of critters, and um, you know, go down there, learn the country, learn the critters. Uh, learn the people, and um, and the speed will come. You know, s- slow is smooth, smooth is fast. I try to do it, not always effectively, uh, but you know, do it right first, and then then the speed will come. Sure. You know, a lot of little little tricks you pick up along the way. Yeah, that's great advice. Learn the people, and your and the people that you're around, and the, you know the people you see at the gas stations and talk to, and land you're trapping on I mean that makes a big difference mm-hmm. yeah so, I mean your first impression is everything and then they know somebody and they know somebody and before you know it you've got a pile of phone numbers but. yeah I'll, uh, once I get down there and, and even now I'm still getting calls you know my last year my phone was just ringing out of my pocket I'd been down there for a few years and you get to know a lot of folks and and they spread the word and that's that's the best advertising there is it's uh walking billboards no matter what business you're in. So how do you manage bringing all the equipment? Me and Jeff are opposites on all this. So what's your take? How do you manage how many traps you're bringing? How much how much freezer space you're bringing? How much you can handle and deal with all that? You, you can't have too many freezers. You never have too many of them. I, uh, I travel. I've got four of them in my um, in my uh, trailer and a couple more that I'll leave down there and I started leaving a bunch of a bunch of bunch of gear there you know with um, that type of work down there all the gear is heavy the majority of it is is 330s and great big footholds so I left a I left a big big pile of it down there just to cut down on the on the weight and uh I've got gear there. I've got gear in Texas. I got gear. I think I got thirty dozen traps out in North Dakota. So if I ever fall over and croak, my uh, my son's gonna have to take a long road trip to pick up all that stuff. But the, yeah, just the just the fur management alone. You know, you're trapping. You know, it doesn't take a whole lot of 60, 70 pound beavers to fill up a chest freezer. My friend, a good friend, Randy, he was down for a few weeks with me last, in the beginning of the trip. He hauled the load home for me. My son, Chris, normally will come down for uh, for a week or so, uh, and he'll haul a load of stuff home for me and stuff it in the freezers we've got up here. It'd be nice to have a, a market down there, but there just isn't one. You mentioned the raccoon market. I've had a little bit of experience in that. With the, Selling the carcasses. The carcass anyway. market. That's crazy. Yeah, and a lot of it's more trouble than it's worth. But I've got the one fella 
Cedric, who I had mentioned, my crawfish eating buddy, he, um, I give him all the raccoon carcasses and he takes care of a lot of the older folks down there and they really, they really appreciate him having them. So I'd rather give them away than sell them. What other state are you uh, looking at trapping at? Are you got your bases covered, or? Yeah, I'd like to trap all of them. Um, there's, I'd like to do a little more uh, western trapping. I'd like to trap Wyoming. Yeah, I'd like to trap the western half of North Dakota. I haven't been over over in, in that country yet. That's uh, that's that badland stuff is pretty pretty interesting. Yeah, we just spent uh, some time with uh, Chappie, and he is now a Wyoming resident. And was talking, he was talking about catching cats in Wyoming and coyotes, and working on the farms out out there. Sounds like fun. Yeah, that that, that sounds like fun going out there. Yeah, there's always plenty to do. Well, you're welcome in Michigan anytime. Good. Yeah, two words I don't think I've ever said are, I'm bored. No. There's, no. there's always too much. No. There's always more that I should be doing instead of what I'm doing. Yeah, a lot of days you're looking for, uh, you know, I wish I was bored. <laughs> <laughs> well, we sure uh, nailed it pretty good with this weather. It, it couldn't be any prettier out here. That's what you said. What, and then? Tomorrow and the next couple of days is all turning bad, huh? Tomorrow is going to be nice. Wednesday night it's going to it's going to turn and you know it's flat now. And Friday there'll probably be six, maybe seven footers out here. That's I'd rather fish then. <laughs> no, then you really accomplish something. I want to see you at your best. And we had one of your peers out here a week or so ago, Scott Welsh and his wife. And we had a uh, we had a great trip, but the wind kicked up, and we had a pretty rough ride home. Oh yeah, I that. Fourteen miles and five footers going into them. It was a little a little bumpy, but part of the deal. Yeah. Well, it's been perfect weather. Anytime you go out. Like you said, you get back to the dock, and uh, you know you got a limit of walleyes. I'm sure you can't beat that. Mm -hmm. And it's really great because eventually, when you got somebody that flays all of them for you and cuts the live bulbs out, I mean, shit, that, this this deal just, you know, I mean, we may never leave ever. <laughs> yeah, it's getting to the point where I filleted uh, enough walleyes for the for the season. How many have you caught this year? Oh, uh, we yesterday we started it. 1398 so we're probably around 1450 some now so you're closed in on your 1500 mark issue yep i need two more trips or one good one <laughs> one really good one <laughs> you gotta get about 10 people on this boat yeah. <laughs> i was i've uh like you go like you, you coyote trapped up to North Dakota, right? And yeah, you, know, you coyote trapped down to Texas. You coyote trapped in uh, New York um, and, and in Mississippi. And so, like, with going to them different spots with the different coyotes, 
what have you seen as far as uh, the difference in going from one area to another, even trapping the coyotes? I mean, I know what my experience has been, but I'm interested to hear what your thoughts are on, you know, different areas. Um, a coyote's a coyote to a certain degree. Um, ones around here, these northeastern coyotes might be a, might be a little sharper. Uh, I don't think the population's as dense, and um, you know they get they get shot at a bunch, and not much trapping pressure on them now. But they, I don't know those the coyotes in Mississippi. They're, uh, I mean, I try to not catch them, and we end up catching them. A whole bunch of them because uh, I'm in Miss like uh, Mississippi, Louisiana, they'll push them sets like you were talking about. You know, when we were talking before this, uh, you know, you make cat sets and you know, there you can come back and uh, you got a coyote, you know, standing at your cat set. You know, yeah, you basically build a maze for them to try know, to the cat to get through, and yeah. then you got a coyote bounce in there. Yeah, you know, like in northern Michigan, if you set that, you know, you, you ain't never catching a coyote. you say like the South Texas ones, did they vary even more in what you did than like a Mississippi coyote compared to a South Texas coyote? The only the only time I trapped South Texas was in in late May and early June. And uh, you know they were all uh, they were all paired up raising pups and it, it they were they were a little tougher to catch. I don't think they were moving too much. Um, there's a there's a rabbit under every bush down there, and I don't think they really had to, to travel. I'm looking forward to being down there in in, in late winter and, and, and seeing the activity. Yeah. But uh, so note to myself, we will be out of Texas by May when the tarantulas come. I would hope so. <laughs> that was just inside voices. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, those North Dakota, North Dakota coyotes, they're beautiful. Mm -hmm. They're really, really nice predators. And they, um, it was the same thing, you know, by the time, uh, by the time you leave, you just start to get that, you know, that country and those critters figured out a little bit better. But, um, you know, you can, they're, they're catchable. Mm -hmm. But those coyotes there, I think they, they travel such, it's such big country and they, they cover yeah. a lot more ground. Yeah. Whereas, those South Texas coyotes that time of year, I don't think they were, they might not, they might not have moved half a mile. Yeah, there's a, because that was the part down to South Texas that uh, I was shocked at is the food base that the predators have down there. I mean, just for fun, we were seeing how many mice we could catch. You know, I went and bought some mouse traps and was setting them out around in the, by the cactuses, right around in the yard. And um, I don't remember how many I caught, but it was a bunch, you know, and uh, you know, you got, rabbits and it's like crazy the amount of rodents mm -hmm. yeah they, so they they i mean they really don't have, like you say don't have to travel it's weird that, that they you know they got all this food to eat and the one thing that'll get them killed is eat a ten thousand dollar deer and that's <laughs> the decision they make you know probably a lot of them are probably cats down there because there's so many damn cats. A coyote, no, if, it was, if a deer is dead, it's a coyote's fault. Yeah, I think the coyotes get blamed for everything. Yeah. 
I talked to a guy on West, and he says that he was a government trapper. He said a lot of times when he pulls in there, he said it's the farmers, you know, the ranchers' dogs that you know, or somebody else's dogs came in and killed it. He said you're never going to tell them that it was a dog. It was a coyote. He said there ain't even a coyote track there. It's all dog track. Mm-hmm. So not that they don't do any damage, but yeah, or something else killed it, and then the yeah. coyotes there eating on it. Yeah. But I think they get their fair share too. Yep. Definitely, like you're going out to North Dakota and doing all that stuff, and then you know, travel around. I, mean, I know how much fun it is, and you know, it's, it makes for an interesting life to go, go see different parts of the country. And yeah, I'm not getting any younger, and I've seen so many guys, whether it be with trapping or a hunting trip, or I'm going to do that someday, and yeah. and and they just don't. So, so uh, it was a. It was an interesting conversation. First, I'll start it off by, all right, so we go to the motel. We get done fishing last night. We go to the motel, which we can just walk to our motel. And I, Sarah went in to check us in. I put all the bags outside there because where we're at, I you know didn't want to leave our shit there because it, half of it probably would have been stolen or could have been. So I, she come out and I says, uh, I'm gonna go park the truck. Well, I had to go way down to park the truck. I come back and there's Sarah talking to these two old guys, and, and part of the conversation was really sad, you know, um, you know about his grandson and stuff, what he wasn't doing, you know. But uh, you know, tell Chris about you know the, like the conversation that you were had with this guy. Well, he uh, he talked a lot, and I don't he he started talking about. I overheard him talking to the lady that checked us in. She was outside. And talking about, uh, he starts talking about trapping with her, and so I'm listening. He's like, "Yeah, I used to trap muskrats," and and uh, so then I said, "Well, we started talking about trapping." I said, "He asked where I was from, what I was doing." I said, "Well, it's funny." I said, "We just got back from the New York Elite Trapping Seminar, and and we trap, and we have bait and lure companies, and so we were talking about that." And he starts then about that time Jeff showed up, and he just and I walk up my. Here we go. She's talking to somebody about trapping again. <laughs> We're on a fishing about, trip. Right, talking about she traps. I was showing him my hoodie and all the things. Oh, yeah. But he was just very negative, and he's like, I used to trap. I used to. I used to. The prices aren't worth anything anymore. And, you know, what's the point of it? And and then uh, we talked a little bit about prices, and Jeff said, well, you know, it's not all bad. The beaver prices are up. And he still just wasn't having any part of it. I felt. Didn't you feel that way? I felt he's, he's just very I, negative. I, yeah, it, 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 he, I see this a lot on Facebook where you see somebody say, "In 1980, I got this yep. for stuff, and the prices were great." Well, there's been like five fur booms since then. They've been shorter, but so you haven't trapped since 1982. You know, so. I mean, the rats, you know, were, I mean, look at 2012, 13, he knew nothing about them. You know, the prices being so high and the rats building since 2007. Um, but he was, like you're saying, very, very, very negative towards the why he didn't do trapping anymore. Right. And, and then, and, yeah. Until he had Until. No. And then he says, well, you know, I have a grandson. I have a grandson and I'd like to take him out trapping and this was the sad really sad part to me and what do you say it's just 
there's no money in it. And he said, there's no money in it. And I said, you know what? It's not about the money. It's about the memories. And it's about the tradition. I said, you take your grandson out and I guarantee you he'll never forget the memories he made when you took him out. You know, and that's something he could pass down to, you know, his children. And he didn't really say anything after that. And we got on the elevator and he had changed his whole, his whole just attitude about it. And, yeah. and he says, well, you know, I said, well, just follow us on Facebook. And, he's, and then he asked, he says, how do I get more information about what's going on in the trapping? And we told him, you know, just follow our page. And, and I, I truly feel, and me and Jeff both agreed, we truly felt in our heart that he was going to take his grandson out. He never, never said that, but we both got the feeling that he just the, might take his grandson the, the, out. The seed was definitely planted that, you know, mm -hmm. you know he, but his grandson, the, the, the thing is, everybody always wants their, their uh, grandson to remember them. You know, and I don't think that guy, the way it seemed like he had made a memory that he thought that his grandson would always remember him, uh, he was looking for that, it seemed like. And I think that, you know, he remembered, oh, whoever got him in the trap and he was thinking about them, and I think that he want, is going to go out and do something. I, I really believe that he was going to take his grandson out. Yeah. Yeah. If he doesn't, he should get his ass kicked. <laughs> hey, even if we had $100 coyotes and $50 coons, you know, a year later, the money's all pissed away, and all you're left with is uh, some pictures and some really good memories. Yep. Yep. I love the guys who will defend trapping. With, you know, they're wildlife conservationists, and they're doing it for the health of the other animals, and then the prices drop out. Yep. They're like, well, I'm not trapping because there's no money. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I, uh, I don't turkey hunt. Um, I don't deer hunt. Uh, I'm fishing today, but if all the otters ate all the fish in Lake Erie. I really don't care. You know, I mean, that's just me. I mean, I'll just go fish somewhere else. But I would think, my God, how many otters will I be able to catch here? You know, basically a turkey is just food for the stuff that I like to go do, you know. Um, but if other people want to go out and, you know, def you know, protect the wildlife and stuff, great. But that that's not why I'm doing it. I was do I do it because I, I like to go do it. It's uh, like, nice to be out there and you know, doing all that stuff. So I, I don't think there's necessarily a right or wrong answer. Even people doing it for the money. You know, I mean, but uh, I think we're. I think as a as a trapping group, um, I think we're better off having a bunch of people in it now that are are doing it. They never. The people, the people have got into it since 2012, 13. Have never seen any money. They're only doing it because they like to do it. And they're, and, and COVID seen a real increase in the numbers. COVID was the best thing that ever happened to, to trapping, you know, in a long time, because I mean it really spurred a lot of people to get into it, and outdoor activities. And, you know. Yeah, a lot of guys, you know, they're deer hunters on their. You know, when the season's over, they're on their own ground or on their lease, and then they want to go out and catch some coyotes, and and they all get they, they get them tanned and they hang them up in their camp or their house. And, you know, there's there's more of them than there are of us yeah. now. Yeah. Yeah. And the next wave in, in all this is the women. Yeah. I mean, every year, like uh, just Wisconsin women. I mean, you guys had what forty? Had forty last year. Forty this year. Got a 
class is full again for next year. I wouldn't be surprised if the waiting list has already started for the following year after that. Pretty cool. Just the community that we have built just with us, you know, women is just, it's really impressive and so supportive of each other and just encouraging and it's really fun to see that side of things coming from like just the guys that always have to have the better, you know, the better opinion or their right opinion or kind of thing. It's, it's different in the women, it's different in the women groups. We're all, you know, here's the, I just saw this video, maybe it'll help you guys if you have a hole in your boot, you know, stuff like that. I mean, it's. I think it'd probably be easier to teach women to trap than men because men know everything already. Oh, way easier. I see that with, uh, with shooting and um, especially the fishing. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you put the, you give a lady the, the, the rod and, you know, tell her what to do and you tell her once and then she, she she's willing to learn and uh, and most guys know everything already, so you can't, you, you can't teach them anything. <laughs> you know, because they've done it before and they weren't necessarily doing it right. And, uh, you know, and, and guys take it more to heart. Um, part of their self-worth is hooked to say like trapping and if you go on Facebook and you you tell somebody no you're wrong on what you're saying they I mean you're 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 like hitting them in their self-worth I don't know why that is like that but it is like that you know where you you can really you know damage somebody we got fish we got fish we got fish let her roll all right all right Oh, that's a big one, Sarah. That's a big one. Oh, shit. Oh, geez. Well, Sarah's reeling around. Reeling and reeling. This will have to be the cover for the, if you get it in here uh, for the show. Yeah, this will be what? Our, our last fish this of the trip? This is the last fish of the trip right here. This is something Clint never did. Oh, it got off. Well, oh well, that's the way it goes. That's how it goes. Well, if you haven't lost many, you haven't caught many. (laughs) Well, it was exciting for a moment. You've got a lot of them in. I want my phone to get too hot sitting out here in the sunshine. What does Glenn say the most the four things most guys think they're really good at? Driving, shooting, starting a fire and making love. And most of them aren't any good at any of them. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. yeah. So when you get done doing the perch what'll be the next step on you know like we will you just like trap here in new york for a while or will you just head out to somewhere else uh, i'll trap here some in in new york our our, uh, our land season starts october 25th and um i'll do some i won't i won't hit it real hard around here mm-hmm. uh, 
The water season starts November 15th. I'll try to catch a, a bunch of beavers and rats, and uh, then we get into our deer season. And mm -hmm. you know, I'll do I'll do some trapping, but uh, probably more hunting with um, my older son. He and I hunt together quite a bit. My younger guy's down in North Carolina. He might make it up for a day or two. And my brother hunts a little bit. And, you know, it's kind of a a family thing and. The next thing you know, it's Christmas, and I'll be packing. Uh, I'll be packing up for Mississippi. I'm gonna head down there probably just before the new year. Mm. You know, a lot of the properties down there aren't accessible until February. Their deer and duck season goes to the end of January. Yeah. But the a uh, lot of the agricultural ground in um, in the catfish farms and a bunch of other places I can get on. So I'll try to get as much of that done in January as possible, and then. Uh, and then come February, those a lot of those uh, hunting properties, those um, duck clubs are just uh, are they're heaven. I mean, there's lots and lots of critters. Mm -hmm. the, um, yeah, that's what we want to do. Is uh, if we go to Louisiana this year, I'll go down there on them. Like I tell you, on the crawfish ponds and you know the catfish ponds and stuff like that. Trap northern Louisiana so much, just ready to go see some other part of it. Mm -hmm. so, Are there a lot of otters up there in the northern part? Uh, I've caught the most otter I've ever caught over in northwest, but it's not a high population. There's way more over there on you know on the on the eastern side because you got the you know you got the river. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't know about the southern Louisiana. I've never trapped down there, so you know, I hear stories. And you, I looked at the stats because you could get the number of otter tagged in uh, in different the different parishes, and I would look at those. And you know, and there was like I think it was Jefferson Davis was one of the highest ones in Louisiana, but it can be deceiving because it could just be somebody down there just beating a little crap out of them. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, like if somebody looked at them records and was going to make a decision to go and they went trapped like uh, Beanville Parish and ones like that, it's not a uh, high otter population compared to other parts of the state. It was just that that's where I was at and nobody else was trapping the two parishes over, the, over you know, so. Yeah. Down in in Mississippi where I buy my size tags, the lady, I've gotten to know her a little bit, you know, you see her every year. And uh, she told me that I bought more otter tags than they've sold cumulatively to everybody else. Mm -hmm. So there's just not a lot of a lot of folks. They're not doing chasing it. otters for twenty bucks. Mm -hmm. Well the price is up thirty five, so I've heard, so you've already you've already doubled. Now you're gonna have competition. My otters paid pretty good last um, last year. So I was uh, pleasantly ours haven't surprised. paid pretty good yet. They've only cost us money but we're hoping to sell some. Uh -huh. <laughs> we got them tanned out to then. Yeah, I say they're, they're going to have to be pretty good sellers for me to go skin 40, 40 some otters' feet out again. I run. I that was a lot of work skinning all them otter. You know how many feet are on forty otter? Probably about one hundred sixty. Yeah. Well, some of them. And how many toes? Yeah, toes. I should ask him toes. If you count their eyes and divide by two, you'll get the right number. <laughs> but. Uh, it, it, it just really is a, like you say, it's an awesome place to go, you know. 
And if you gotta want to catch a lot of something, you better go where a lot of something is. Yeah. You ever get like down there when you're trapping them catfish ponds? Cause like I said, I never have. Uh, do you ever get to go out there catfishing, or they don't let you catfish? You're not supposed to play the part of the otter. Oh, I, I'm I'm sure sure I could, um, but uh, yeah, you know, I'm always running around like my hair's on fire. The one fellow, Mr. Clarence, I've gotten to be pretty good friends with him. He runs the one farm. He's going to come up and turkey hunt with with me this spring here, and uh, he lets me know when they're uh, when they're seining mm -hmm. the the ponds, and I'll go over and hang out and watch that. That's pretty cool. Yeah. They put a little uh, a little John boat in there and run it not around the perimeter, and then you just keep pulling that in, that in and mm -hmm. pulling it tighter and tighter and tighter, and then. They've got 80,000 pounds of fish there. Mm. And they uh, bring in the big tanker trucks, mm -hmm. and they just have a uh, like a, a apprentice truck with a big net on it. They just keep dipping it in mm. there, and away they go. Mm. Yeah, that would be something to see. Yeah, it's pretty neat. Yeah, there's a guy over to Illinois that uh, he does uh, commercial fishing. I want to stop there and see him on the way back. He said he does it in February. That's what they do is you big nets, but they're catching like um, shit, like, like buffalo and stuff. Well, those those are wild fish. Yeah, they're... yeah, but it'd be the same concept. Mm -hmm. and if, just just so you know, if you ever go into uh, like a fish market down there in Mississippi or Louisiana, it says buffalo ribs. That's not like the animal buffalo them are buffalo <laughs> i didn't know that when i ordered mine i was like holy shit they got buffalo ribs nope they're not tatanka yeah it's uh it's really neat getting uh getting other spots you know i'm there to trap and catch the animals but uh making friends and meeting new folks around the country is is pretty special too so we've made it up to February and you're still in the south. Then what? I'll be in Mississippi probably through about the third week in February. And then the plan is to go right from there to Texas for the end of February and March. Um, come back home for a little bit and regroup and shove off for North Dakota for spring rats yep. and then come back here and start fishing. Start fishing. Just one vicious circle. <laughs> <laughs> you try to go to the conventions in the summertime though too. I've seen you at some conventions. Yeah I get to a few. I'd like to I'd like to get to the nationals that I didn't make it this year. It was uh, you know up to Escanaba. It's yep. pretty good pretty good poke from here and um, the weather was good, and I had, uh, you know, I was planning on fishing a bunch, so that worked out okay. And you ain't gonna make it to the one this year either. In South Dakota, it's that's a, that's pretty that's pretty good haul. You think you'd uh, just catch some walleyes here instead of going out there to try and catch them? Yeah, I think that's what <laughs> I think that's what we'll do. Uh, but I I always like getting to the New York show. I always get there. Yeah. So. Yeah, Herkimer's got an awesome show. Mm -hmm. Bill Swagler does an awesome job, you know, putting that all together. Yeah, for a state show, it's pretty, uh, pretty good event. Yeah. 
that Minnesota are two of our two of our favorites. You know, um, I like it with the years when they have more more tailgaters. Mm -hmm. You know, probably same as you. He gives you more stuff to go out there and see and pick through. Yeah, it was pretty. Uh, it was pretty light this year. Yeah, compared compared to other years. Yeah. Which you think with, uh, you know, talk to people and they say that everybody's getting out of trap and you think all these used traps would be for sale, but you don't see them. You know, I was looking to buy some 750s, but they weren't available. But, uh, but then I've seen you go to Cat County, you know, uh, convention quite a bit. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the fellas, uh, the, the Cataraugus County Trappers, they do a, they do a real nice job. Yo. They put on a put on a good show there for a smaller you know, little regional event it's 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 nice I, I don't remember what year that started I used to I don't know it was like 1980 or something they've been doing it maybe probably was before that but they, I don't know why 1980 was in my head but uh, they've been doing it for a long long time mm -hmm. but uh, I seen one of their patches and uh, maybe maybe it was 80 years I don't remember Leon from uh, Toplot they sell patches and stuff and uh, they had one from Cat County, and I let some of the Cat County guys go. And I told myself, I'm going to buy one of them. And I went to have to buy it. I should have bought it before I told them about they had some of them because they were all gone. So, <laughs> but, uh, you know, they, they've always treated me really good there through the years. I went there for a long time. I mean, they had a great, great group, group of guys, especially when Hoots running the show. Mm -hmm. The Iron Fist. Yeah, not, not really Iron. Who's the man? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I remember the first time I ever met him. Yeah. All drunk up, this big guy, great big guy comes up there and he's like, you know, slobbering and drunk. And I'm like, who in the hell is this? And I didn't know it was one of the nicest free people you ever meet. <laughs> 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 he's just having fun. <laughs> Poor who. Yeah, he's been in the business for, for a long, long time. Yeah. Doing yeah. a good job. Well, he's got a lot of people in the trap. And... Yeah, I don't think he's going to plans on buying too much. And uh, it was really nice for a lot of guys to have a, you know, a local buyer. They'd go out and yeah. catch a, you know, a dozen of this or a dozen of that. And they, they knew, always knew they had an outlet for yeah. it. Mom's probably getting tired of making hats. Yeah, I think she sewed enough hats. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Do you ever uh, go and fish your trap here in New York, or? Um, I do. The first the first couple of years that we had that short little season, I um, I targeted them mm -hmm. and uh, and caught a bunch. Yeah. But uh, I don't bother with it too much now. It's such a it's only five checks and. You know, early in the season, they're not, you know, they're not worth too much. And, yeah. But uh, they're a pretty cool animal. I, we were over there uh, in the Catskills and got to talk to the fisher guys and stuff. And uh, that's why I got to get back to Michigan, or at least out of New York, because it's like I get it start getting in my mind that uh, I want to go out here, you know, fisher trapping. And then it starts taking the next step, and the next step will be. Yeah, so that's why I got to get out of New York before I end up back here fisher track. <laughs> <laughs> Look at Sarah, she's like, all right, let's I go. I was already talking to the guys. 
Yeah, because I, I, I'm sure we could stay at Chappie's. and already yeah. have it all coordinated. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I figured that. Yeah, and uh, you know, they start talking about, well, we got, I don't remember what they said, let's say two million acres that you could go trap. And I'm like, shit, that 275 for a license doesn't seem that bad when I got two million acres to go beat on. Yeah, there's a little bit of ground in uh, New York isn't what uh, a lot of people have the preconception. And, and over in that area, it's on, and, you know, it's the only state in the north that I know of that's unlimited. That, that, like, all of New York isn't unlimited uh, catch, but that area, you know, you, unlimited otters, unlimited bobcats, unlimited uh, uh, fishers, and then you can catch, I think, six, six pay marks, so, or whatever. But, I mean, that, that's pretty cool to have a northern state where, you know, you have, where the DNR, well, they're not game animals, you know. Mm -hmm. I mean, they're actually fur, 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 fur bears, you know. And um, oh, so ah, shit, we'll end up out there. <laughs> That's a long damn drive out there. But. Not too bad. Not too bad for me. Maybe I'll run down there with you. <laughs> right. You pick me up on your way through. <laughs> you will we'll have to meet you over there because uh, we we go uh, down that other road. 86. Oh, fine. We'll swing up and get you. Talk me into it. And, we'll, and then Clint lost his personal chef. <laughs> well, I'm going to be your Speaking personal, of personal chef tonight. Speaking of personal chef tonight, yeah. yeah. We're having a little yeah. fish fry. Yeah. Yeah. Well, shall we get out of here? Head, head that way? Yeah, Sarah's got a lot of fish to clean. Yep. We got, we got a cooler full and the live well still has some in it. Sounds great. All right. Well, Chris, thanks for being our guest. Thank you for uh, thank you for coming up and joining me on Lake Erie. Yeah. And if you're out there and uh, happen to know anybody that has a crawfish pond in southern Louisiana that wants trapped, uh, we're begging spots. <laughs> we're not. We're not proud. We're just trappers. <laughs> thanks for thanks everybody. Yep. See you next time. Thank you. <laughs>